Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Idleman Unplugged. I am your host, Luke Duncan, and on this episode of the podcast, Pastor Shane and Pastor Abram Thomas discuss hot topics and current events recorded live at Westside Christian Fellowship. This is part two of two, so be sure to listen to the other half after you finish listening to this episode. You can also find the full Q&A on Pastor Shane's YouTube channel under the same title. We hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Any plans to teach the book of Revelation? <laughs> Considering the direction of our country and the world where we're going. Um, yeah, that's actually what I've been really praying about uh, when Genesis is yeah. over. Is that confirmation, um, Pastor? I don't know. I need more confirmation. Because <laughs> that's a big undertaking. I took a class in seminary where I had to outline the entire book of Revelation. And um, I wrote it. I have a handwritten copy of the book of Revelation somewhere. Oh, wow. And um, I'm telling you, that was the most, what we learned, we learned Daniel and Revelation simultaneously, but it was some of the most confusing at times uh, portions of scripture. And we know good men on, on yeah. different sides of it. Like, I think you would probably differ from, I hope I don't get in trouble from like a no, Jack I, Hibbs. Yeah, no, and I don't, um, I, I've been real clear up front on all this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I heard him just this week talking about, we're oh, going to be gone. We're going to be gone. And, yeah. and that's where I used to be. But that has slowly shifted as I have understand scripture more clearly. Um, and Daniel 9, like I was taught in seminary that it was dealing with with Christ and and that he's going to come and after the and I want to get into it on the, right now because we could go down a rabbit trail but but now I see that text it, there wasn't a shift in between that those few verses uh, it was the Antichrist and then now Christ I believe it was we is what I was taught anyways it be yeah you have to show the scripture on the screen I have to show it but um so we hold it loosely here that's what we do we are. We cannot be completely, and this is where we stand, we agree on this, we can't be dogmatic where the scripture is not crystal clear. You understand that? Not, don't call me a heretic for saying that. No, no, the, the, Chris, yeah. <laughs> the scripture isn't always crystal clear on issues. Yeah, and here's, well, here's why, too. I've asked these, mm -hmm. you know, I've asked Jack before in person, other people, I don't know if you ever followed Don Stewart, you know, at the Calvary Chapel. I'm mm -hmm. going to see if I can get him out here to just great, great, great men. Man, but they'll yeah. all tell you, no, I don't know this for certain. Nobody's going to say, that's why I say, here's my eschatology. Here's my view of end times, my view. They don't say, here's my absolute truth, truth. of it. Because you take the Daniel, it's 70 weeks of Daniel. You take the Revelation, Revelation. you take Thessalonians, you take, and you try to put this, this, this piece of the puzzle together. Uh, if you ever follow Sam Storm, incredible teacher, theologian, Sam Storm, you know, he's, he's a millennial. Oh, millennial. It's, 
Yeah. Boy, I'll blow your, your mind away with, this, with, with these views. And they're actually really good because they bring Old Testament imagery into Revelation. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, if you look, I don't know exactly, but it's like Caesar Nero. If you spell out his name, it six, actually is 666. Six, six, six. Six. Yep. And so it depends when Revelation was dated, 70 AD or 95 AD mm-hmm. before. It, it's like there's so, so much. much to it. And I can't just say, oh, yeah, here's how, here's, you know, the revived Roman Empire. Antichrist is going to come and see in mm-hmm. one world order. He's going to, abomination of desolation. He's going to sacrifice. He's going to break a covenant with Israel. When that's not all, that's not all crystal clear. It's not. It's a jigsaw puzzle that yeah. some people are putting together. Or you have Dr. Michael Brown, some of you follow. He's pre-wrath mm. or post-wrath, post-wrath. That, that God would spare us in his wrath. Mm. And I don't think we'd be here for God's wrath, but he spared Egypt. He spared the nation of Israel through the wrath of poor Egypt. Lord. He pulled out Abram from, yeah. and Lot, or Lot actually from Sodom and Gomorrah. So, you know, you can see that. But so if I did it, it's just going to be a lot <laughs> of research, a lot of giving you, you know, and the elders are fine with me showing you different views. Um, and so my thought is I would lean towards uh, premillennial, uh, dispensational, you know, Jack Gibbs, Calvary Chapel, like David Jeremiah, you know, I'm going to lean towards that, but there's some things, you know, uh, questions I have even now, I don't know if you've, if you've noticed, but, uh, Israel found some red heifers. I think they bought four from Texas, five from Texas, and they're going to make sure as they grow, there's no spot or blemish on that. Ezekiel talks about, you know, the red heifer for, for the temple. And so, boy, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, hmm. And you see where mm-hmm. cryptocurrency is going. You saw pretty where the vaccine you couldn't buy or sell. Yep. No, that's not the that's it's not, not the mark, mark of the beast. You can see where things are going. Uh, New way. York today, the judge just ruled in New York that all those people terminated for not being vaccinated are required to get back pay and get their jobs back. It's in the news today. So, uh, yeah, I, I would like to do that, but I'm probably honestly going to need about 25 hours a week. That would be all to, to prepare yeah. for the for the sermon. So yeah, we're we're praying about that mm-hmm. um, for sure. What are my thoughts on Leviticus, where it talks about what we should eat? I love shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're okay because we're not under the we're dietary not. laws we're anymore. Not. We're not. Um, but anytime God says to do something, there's usually health benefits. Yeah. And the reason I believe He talks about shellfish is shellfish crabs. And things and shrimp that what they do they're called bottom feeders so they actually clean the ocean uh, they clean the toxic material off the ocean where the cleanest fish are the fins the tuna and and uh, and mahi, mahi. And salmon yeah. that's the clean fish it's actually better much better for you because mm-hmm. the shrimp and the 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 uh, clam the you know the shellfish that that's the the it's really dirty it's meat dirty. it's not good for you but if you drink, eat, eat shrimp you'll be fine you just might die earlier <laughs> uh, so yeah no the Leviticus um, and and when I've debated LGBTQ they say look at God forbid this yes he forbid dietary laws and the ceremonial laws mm-hmm. are no longer but his moral laws have never changed change. whenever he said this is wrong mm-hmm. it always means this is wrong right. that has not changed from from beginning of history, even was it Genesis nine, where he gave you know murder if you you know yeah. if you kill someone, yeah. uh, this is what's going to happen. The moral law has never changed. Nope. So when he says, "Thou shalt not sleep as a man sleeps with a man," with the, you know that, that doesn't yeah. change. That doesn't. And if you understand the ceremonial laws, what mm-hmm. what they were for, and how you can find Christ in a lot of that, and the dietary laws of God's people being set apart and being distinct and different, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Shout out to Dennis back there. He's a he's a 
fisherman. He's he's oh uh, yeah. He's caught a few of those mahi mahi's. Giving me some of that, and it's it's good. It's much better than the shrimp. The bottom feed. Oh man, it is good. <laughs> I like uh, I like sushi too. Oh yeah. Then you have to. Well, I won't get get into it. But you got uh, you know, what the, the big thing out there is freshly caught now oh, in yeah. the ocean. Yeah. Uh, even the mercury readings aren't too bad. But like if they're farm raised. The junk they're feeding the yeah. fish is just, it's just pretty Different. scary, actually. And as the economy gets harder, you're going to see people start cutting corners now yeah. on, uh, on food production, the quality of food. You know, the number one owner, they own 70% of all the snacks and foods in the United States is Pepsi. Wow. And you're going to see their stock, you know, I think it's $173 now an option. Uh, t- today, I just, Henry told me, so that's why I, <laughs> I don't follow. But uh, you'll so, see that that's going to be where, when money gets tight, and that's my concern with health habits are going to get lower too. COVID was uh, the ob- obesity increase, yeah. uh, addiction increase, yes. all types of forms of, of abuse increase. It's just a, a, a incredible. Uh, and I hope you guys watch that new, the real Fauci that's coming out, because that guy. I'm telling you, Rand Paul just grills him on the news because he needs to be grilled. It yeah. was the, the gain of function and what they did in Wuhan. And it, all this is coming out now. It's coming out. Um, they're also, you know, you can look up. And I, I want to be careful because I know half the people are probably vaccinated, half aren't. But they're finding, a lot of the coroners are finding these blood clots are not natural mm. in 70% of the people that they're, they're, they're taking the blood from. And, um, of course, you can do things about that if you fast and, and take different medication. You can help offset that. But um, it's real. A lot of this stuff is, is, is real. I wish I could say more, but um, I, I don't want to go out too much into that. How should I talk to someone whose actions are questionable, but they continue to say that they are being led by the Lord? Welcome to my world. <laughs> are you going to join us on Tuesday of Ren the Heavens to sing? Pastor Abram will, but I, I can do it. I don't think, he can actually sing good. Oh, Get him up here with the guitar. I, I like that. Uh, but we should answer the question. So how should you talk to some? Because you do this a lot, too. All time. Every week we're doing Every this. Week. How should I talk to someone whose actions are questionable, but they continue to say, I'm being led by the Lord, brother? Ooh, yeah. Well, first, is it for sure yeah. lying? That, does it, is, are they for sure disregarding Scripture? Yep. You know, I if don't know. If it's against Scripture, it's crystal clear. And so we, we lean on that authority, right? Scripture, the Bible is our final authority for faith and practice. Okay, so <clears throat> I would... Show them scripture. Hey, brother, this does not line up um, for things that are not so clear in scripture. You know, we we base off of the principles from scripture and the Holy Spirit and other things. So um, as we mentioned before, we speak the truth in love. We want to love the person. We don't want to be critical, judgmental. We don't want to come off with arrogance. But you do. You are called by God to to call it out. Um, so how do you speak to them? Just, just check your attitude. Make sure you pray about it. If it's against scripture, it's very clear. If it's something that's um, not so clear, then we go off of principles. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's what we do almost every week of the year. And we love people. We love them where they're at, but we also yeah. confront them. Love looks differently at times. <clears throat> well, and also, you know, led, uh, hey, I'm being led of the Lord. I mean, what do you say to that? Like, oh, well, okay. You know, so it is an excuse a lot. It is. It's an excuse to continue down the path they want to continue mm-hmm. in. But I've also noticed that the Lord will lead someone in a different direction. You know, hey, I don't quite understand that, but, mm-hmm. you know, me planning a church, 
I mean, like, what? You know, people say, this. my mom said that's not a good idea. Randy said, I don't know about that. You're kind of a construction worker. Hard, <laughs> hard, you know, you just came out of a rough background. I, well, I feel led of the Lord, right? And so yeah. it depends what the situation is. That too. But you can bring it up to them. Like, are they, uh, is this person uh, disregarding godly counsel? Like, hey, three or four people have told you this. You're disregarding that. You're talking, you, you've got a critical heart. Um, you're, you're not doing this right. You're unloving. And if you show them, you know, how they're inconsistent here, how can you be led of the Lord if the fruit you're producing is not of the Lord? Mm. So that's a good one to remember. Yes. How are you being led of the Lord if the fruit, fruit. you're producing is yeah. not of the Lord? And that's probably the best way to handle that that's one. Good. Yeah. Um, but I deal with that. I mean, usually when somebody leaves the church, they'll tell me they're being led of the Lord. And they Sometimes, may be, yeah. you know, God, God has people, people do other things for sure. I was talking to Hector. Um, you guys know Hector. He's here today working on the cameras and he's telling me about how God is using, you know, his family to, to bring the fire and the, the, the heart for worship and prayer to his small group there. He says the embers are, are, are stoking where he's at. Oh. And um, he said, I didn't want to leave California. My family's here, my business, my, you know, we were comfortable. But God has sent us on assignment, just like with Damien, too, recently, who who's, yeah. you guys saw us pray for him as he moved on. And it was, you know, it's bittersweet, but sometimes God does. The Lord's in it. Yeah. And, and we just we send them with love, prayer sure. and say Godspeed. So. Uh, thoughts on Christian artists collaborating or featuring worldly artists. I probably have to talk to you one on one or yeah. Abram and get kind of an idea yeah. of. You know, I believe that unequally yoked has mm -hmm. a lot to do with business and these kind of questions and not just marriage. I agree. You know, are they going to pull you down? Hmm. Are they going to influence you? Yeah. You know, like, like there's recent, a lot of Christian rappers are collaborating with like two chains and, and guys who were shooting up the block the day before. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that the, the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? Yeah. And, and don't make an uncertain sound. Don't don't be a stumbling block. So if a young Christian is seeing a Christian artist with this secular artist, um, there's and, and this is in evidently, I mean, um, in unintentionally or, or intentionally, this artist is giving um, yeah, a seal of approval or they're giving endorsement to this ungodly art. So if I can listen, if this person can be with them, then I can listen to all his other library, you know? So right. I don't think you can mix God with ungodliness. I don't think yeah. you, you cannot do that. And so some Christian artists will, will say, oh, well, I'm trying to reach him. Well, you can reach him without validating, uh, you know, him in a sense by putting him on your gospel record, you know? And so I, I, I take a hard stance mm -hmm. on that. Like, and I'm kind of, I'm regretting something on that interview I did with, uh, with Skillet because we, I don't know if you listen, came up, you, how many of you know who Corn is? Mm -hmm. And then Brian Head Welsh, the founder of Corn, uh, out of Bakersfield, I know his pastor, he got saved miraculously, incredible mm -hmm. story, I have his autobiography, and then now he's back with Corn. Mm. I'm like, I, I, I don't, mm. That would be a tough one because the tough. lyrics, the head, yeah, what's going on at the concerts, the women, everything. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see that. Mm -hmm. I don't see how that could be a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I don't be. know the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, that would be my counsel. Uh, so again, what, what, what's it representing? Mm -hmm. 
so I would, I would lean towards not doing that. But what about if a Christian is battling with some serious sin and they're, need, and they're in need of some type of deliverance or sanctification? Where do they begin and how do we approach it? Uh, I would recommend Ren the Heavens, number one. <laughs> yep. So here's the thing with deliverance. Um, you know, there's, we've had people with, you know, there's a deliverance team, but, you know, if you read Scripture, any Spirit-filled believer who has the spirit of God, surrender to God and walking in, in the, in the, the, the calling of God has the ability to cast out demons. Yes. You know, Jesus said, those who believe on me, you'll speak in other tongues. I don't think that ceased. Mm -hmm. Uh, You will cast out demons and you will do, you know, grab a serpent. And if it bites, you'll not be, uh, you'll not die. Granted, don't go do that. Like some of those <laughs> pastors and they hold their rattlesnake up. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's just tempting God. But there's something about the spirit filled believer that can, they can do these things. So I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of just, you know, only, only these certain people can do deliverance. However, you have to know kind of what you're up against. You have to be led the spirit. You have to dig deep. You have to, sometimes people are gifted for that. I would say that there's, there's a gifting for that. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out if it's a struggle of the flesh and what, what do you need? Do you need deliverance? Um, because I think it was Jack Hayford who said, you can't discipline a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. Hmm. You have to find out, you know, kind of what's going on. And um, as a church, I've taught this before. You can watch on YouTube many times. We don't believe that a, the word, the word in, isn't even in the Greek is possessed when demon possessed. It's actually demonized, mm-hmm. has a demon. And so a believer can open the door uh, just talked to somebody recently who opened the door. They're reading uh, uh, books on, it's called dark psychology. Mm. It's a form of witchcraft, psych, psycho, psych, how, to, how, to, how to be um, with psychology in your mind. And I think they open that door to it. Or the question came up with alcohol. If you begin to open that door with those spirits, and now, you've, now you've, this demon has more entrance, more power, more authority in your life because you have an open door. Mm. So we would say Christians can definitely be oppressed and um, and oppressed by the demonic realm and harassed. Um, just today, both of our websites are down. YouTube shut me down. I mean, all kinds. Of, is it all just coincidence? No. Or is there, you know, the prince of the air wanting to ruffle feathers? <laughs> uh, and then you can deal with people where you know something. Usually demonic is a clear habitual sin that you just can't get away from. Mm-hmm. There's usually some type of demonic bondage that needs to take place. However, or it needs to be repented of. However, deep repentance, getting into God's word, re- conforming your mind to Christ, worship music on, you can really, you can remove a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the demonic realm, you know, it's, it's a stronghold. It uh, so with deliverance, you really have to talk to the person. I know people have removed you know, movies, they've got rid of their marijuana, they got rid of all the things, the triggers of pornography, and there's tons of freedom. Mm. And then they start to open that door again. Right back. Sometimes worse. Sometimes worse. And so you're, you're giving the demonic realm the, the, really the authority mm. to uh, bring you into bondage. Uh, so there's a lot of different things. You could need prayer. The prayer team pray over you, yeah. get some oil, and, and pray for Lord. And, and, and I, because it could be demonic. It could be a test from God. It could be your body just falling apart. It could mm-hmm. be a sickness. Yeah. It could be something, a sin that God is, you know, God will chastise his children because yeah. of sin. James talks about, you know, repenting and being healed from mm-hmm. your Ill- illness. And Paul says, don't take communion with unworthy 
in an unworthy manner because some of you are sick and are, have died because died. of it. So you can't just say every, and there's people, everything, everybody has a demon. Yeah. You know, a demon under a rock, yeah. demon under the pew, demon in my wall, demon, de- everything's a demon, Leviathan mm. and, and this demon and that demon and that demon and that demon and that demon. And we give way too much credit to that. Yeah. However, we can't ignore the fact Mm-mm. that Jesus said, here's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And there is can't a demonic realm that is real. I, um, of course, come from a conservative background where it's completely ignored. The demonic uh, deliverance is never mentioned. You never really see um, or hear of it. Um, Almost, like I said, to a fault, because I do believe some of it is demonic. But then I do also see the other side of it, too. I've seen someone who who has gone through the process of deliverance, and then a year later, they're going through it again. And... um, they had that seen a measure of victory over certain things in their lives. Right. But over time, like pastor just mentioned, um, they were drawn back into it. And so I agree in deliverance, but I also do know the Bible talks about discipline, spiritual disciplines yeah. um, to maintain closeness to Christ is a, a decision. It's a discipline. Jesus taught his disciples spiritual discipline. He taught them how to pray how to, well, they didn't fast while he was there, but he said, you will fast when I go away. Um, and, you know, October fast is, is about that. Y'all understand that? We're not just saying don't eat this month because, you know, it's fashionable. You know, we're just trying to, you know. No, we believe in the, the power of prayer and fasting and how some things in our life will not be defeated unless God breaks it, unless there is a, a, a concerted spiritual discipline. And, and, and I'm not saying that we just pull up our bootstraps and we can, you know, always win the victory. I'm just saying this. There has to be spiritual disciplines in our lives um, if we're going to live this, the, the, the victorious Christian life is all I'm saying. So um, and pastor, you know, we're open and we talk about it. We both have things that still tempt us as pastors. Mm-hmm. Like pastor said, I don't want the IPA and, you know, six pack in my, you know, and I say, you know, I, I don't want to go to that, you know, that part of, you know, the gym, you know, <laughs> because there's this and that. And so we have to understand our, our weaknesses. We have to understand our struggles yep. and, and fortify it in the spirit um, and, and flee it like Joseph did. You know, the, you know I mean. So I, I don't know if that helps somebody here, but we do well, believe in deliverance. Yeah. But discipline well, here's important. the thing with demonic. Mm-hmm. If there is an open door, it's always on a lust of the flesh. Yep. It's always. Think about it. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. There, that he's, there's something there where pride and anger and, you know, there's that demonic open door or lust of the flesh from pornography to drugs. Yeah. There's that. So fasting decreases the strength of the flesh. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. Jesus said, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Sure. Now, the text is disputed. I've talked about it before, mm-hmm. but early church fathers talked about it. It's definitely a, a principle it is. that is, is very true, that it'll begin mm-hmm. to, it, it takes away the appetite of the flesh and begins to disarm the flesh. And as you know, it, the more I eat, the more that fleshly Bullets. desire takes yeah. over. Yeah. That's why the Bible talks about gluttony yeah. a lot because it's just giving into the flesh. Yeah. And that's why a lot of those people hooked on pornography are also very lustful, yeah. fleshly eating yeah. and, and consuming a lot of food as well. It's true. Have you heard of the diesel shortage that is coming? Um, I have. I just don't know what's going to happen right now. The reason gas prices are low, it's because of the election. Biden, as you know, talked with Saudi Arabia and they d- decide to lower prices for before the election. And then it's going to, you know, if the Republicans win, 
The, it's right gonna, I up. mean, it's going to go up quite considerably, so I believe, and he's going to blame the Republican civil war for a couple of years. I mean, not civil, but, you know, just it's fighting, bickering, uh, the <clears throat> diesel shortage. Look at diesels like, and the truckers can't keep doing this, the price-wise and the shortage. And so I'm trying not to get worried and concerned and but. tell you wrong information because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Hmm. We don't know if God's going to, you know, sustain us for a while, give us a season of revival in our bondage. Um, we just got to work with what we have. Yeah. Like you really can't get caught up in the fear and what's going to happen, even though we want to use wisdom and yeah. be wise. Um, we, we can't get caught up in that. What would be the difference between a cross and a crucifix? Which one is biblically correct to have displayed in the home? I believe a crucifix is where Jesus is still on it. Yeah. And um, I, I probably wouldn't have that one. No. Anywhere. I mean, just he's not on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to get too deep, but with Roman Catholicism, we taught that a communion, uh, transubstantiation, you know, the, the blood and the wafer actually become you're sacrificing Jesus again. Mm. He's going, he's being sacrificed again every time you take communion. And that's why they're so, they're so adamant about that. And so to me, it's a reminder he's still on the cross and has to die every time you, you go through those, the elements of communion. Um, So again, you know, take it to the Lord if you're convicted. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't have anything. Mm -hmm. I don't have any conviction about a cross being on the wall. I don't know if we have much. I mean, I don't personally, my office, you know, anything, even here, it was already here at this church. Um, You know, in the future, would we ever have uh, one in the building? I don't, you know, we haven't really thought too much about that. Um, Oh gosh, there's a lot here. Where do you stand on church endorsements of political candidates? Um, That, well, hmm. Where do you stand on church endorsement of political candidates? Usually what we do is show you uh, the different views, Republican, Democrat, the different views, and, and hand out uh, the, the, the different handouts so you can take a look at, at those. Um, we probably wouldn't have somebody come up and endorse, say, Mike Garcia, here's who we endorse, and just, you know, we just let people decide. Um, I actually wrote an article you guys can read. It's an open letter to T.D. Jakes. Um, it's going to hit the national news tomorrow. He, he uh, had Beto, Beto Rourke from Texas, uh, full-term abortion. He had him at his church. I don't know if he was endorsing him, but it sure looked like it. Wow. And so I think we have to be careful, not fearful. Uh, our 501c3 status does not stop me. I've sent my, the IRS my sermons. <laughs> you know? And so people say, you're a 501c3. You shouldn't be. Well, it doesn't stop me. It doesn't, mm-hmm. we, doesn't, we don't worry about the Johnson Amendment or anything. No. Um, so we, we're just careful in that area because um, we don't want to elevate men. We want to make sure we're preaching the gospel. And also, uh, but we do want to give people the right information. Yeah. Uh, what is your opinion on different kinds of alternative health? Uh, like acupuncture, various essential oils. Uh, and then he mentions crystals here. Um, I don't know if I put that in the same category because crystals are more new age. New ages. And yeah. uh, a little dangerous. Yeah. Uh, essential oils are just taking the... the uh, you know, peppermint, all these things from plants, and they're basically lemon. They're breaking it down to this very potent, uh, potent formula. And the phytochemicals in plants have a lot of healing benefits. Yes. So I don't really have a problem with that. If somebody wants to put that in their, their air or, you know, humidifier, smelling good. Uh, acupuncture, I don't know. It's more of, you know, Eastern. Um, yeah, Eastern. You know, so I. I would take it to the Lord and be careful in this. I wouldn't personally do acupuncture or crystals or things like that. Um, even yoga. Yeah, I wouldn't do You know, yoga. just you're, those, are, those are poses to, uh, to, to the gods in, in, in India. Do mm-hmm. um, you have any thoughts on those? No, or? you hit it. 
crystals are really big right now in the youth and, and um, um, I have young, young, young people in our family who are, you know, experimenting with that. And, and there's something to that. So we as Christians, of course, we avoid any of those things that I truly believe are energized by demonic entities. So, um, yeah, Pastor, but everything else. Yeah. Yeah, be, be. No Buddha statue Mm-mm. like Joe Rogan has on his podcast. Mm. There. Um, how do you draw the line and define marriage? Is a person married when they sign a piece of paper or does marriage require a ceremony? And I do. Well, biblically speaking, um, yeah, once you guys have sex in a tent, you're good. Yep. Look, you know, we laughed at that. <laughs> no, but that's what they would do. Isaac and his bride and yeah. um, Jacob. And, you know, they would consummate. They'd say, okay, God brought us together. We, we both love the Lord, Yahweh. They come together. They probably have a ceremony and they, they, they have the wedding night. Yeah. And that consummates the wedding. And they're married in God's eyes. And so <clears throat> with signing the paper and all that, that came into, into I think, I don't know, 150 years ago in the United States yeah. where they wanted to recognize marriage as a union for benefits and different things. So I think in God's eyes, you'd want to follow the civil government mm-hmm. course that we have. So um, I, I wouldn't just, you know, hey, we're having sex or so we're married. Well, not that actually could be fornicating mm-hmm. and outside of God's covenant of marriage on that. So I would seek God the counsel, uh, get a pastor to marry you and, and say the vows do it before the Lord's. And if you'd like to have the state recognize it, you sign off. That's why by the power vested in me in the state of California, I now pronounce you such and such. You know, it's, it's kind of that seal of, of and I think God uh, looks at that. God, God, God honors that. But, um, but that's where we are in the United States. In Israel, it's different. And in, in especially in, in the, the Middle East, you know, it was, they, sometimes they choose, make, you know, yeah, here's who you're marrying yeah. at 16 and they yeah. introduce them at 16. That's it. And they go in the tent mm-hmm. and they're married. Yep. And uh, so God put Adam and Eve together. So I think seeking godly counsel and doing what is wise and God, God will convict you and show you. Amen. But uh, yeah, I would follow the, the normal course on that I one. Agree. Uh, should we pull back from politics and political discussions how should we integrate our faith into our religion? Should we pull back on politics? And, you know, I think when it's warranted, um, you know, if it comes up in text, the scripture, um, you know, and people, that's funny because people sometimes say I'm too political. But if I looked over all my sermon notes, I've had my daughter do this. And I don't, it's not that often. It's other when it's in scripture, you know, or what's going on with the November election when there's a critical time. You know, it's, it's so I don't think we should be overly political, no. but at the same time, you know, explaining, yeah. I mean, it's getting pretty, in, you, it's clear lines are mm-hmm. being drawn in the sand yeah. now. I mean, this is a moral battle, unlike yeah. anything we've, we've seen before. And I believe that gender surgery in, in children is child abuse. That's yeah. f- full on child abuse. And, if, and yeah. so these are some hard things that are being said. Yep. Um, and I would say hard things to our governor if I had the chance or mm-hmm. to others, you know. And so I think, you know, I'll continue to do what I feel God puts on my heart. I wrote some articles, if you guys remember, two years ago about Trump when he was running. And uh, I got up in the morning. I was just praying. I just, I just felt like I was downloading all the stuff. You know, how do I know it's not demonic then? Why? Well, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know it's just not a good idea? Because I didn't want to do it. And um, just showing people that, you know, here's we're, 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 we're not necessarily putting a man in office, although we are. We're putting policies in place. Yeah. Uh, 
Do you, you don't think judges matter? Look what just happened in New York with the vaccines. Look what the Supreme Court. If we had the wrong judges, America is not too far from North Korea. So true. If you've got the wrong people and, and judges. And so I think God gave us God-given freedoms. Mm-hmm. As long as you fight for them biblically and, and getting, wanting to get the gospel out. So I think we've been, we've been sold a, a, just mm-hmm. a lie that politics doesn't matter. You know, we can see obviously that it, it plays a huge role. Does. in the church. And I remember um, 20 years ago, it was funny. Uh, and I love John MacArthur. So do many of you, but he, he was, you know, not, you know, I'm not political. I don't get involved. But when he's your political now, <laughs> the COVID came knocking on his door and writing the governor, you see, because now it affects you. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, now, now, but now they're, if they're coming to get your Bible, they're coming, our governor, I'm so glad he wrote that letter to our governor. See, now he's very political. What happened? Mm-hmm. Now it affects him. Now it affects the church. And so that's why a lot of you don't see a lot of younger kids worried. I mean, in my 20s, I could care less. Yeah. Didn't affect me. But you start to see where your money goes, yeah. how your children are being raised, what's being shoved down their throat in the school. It's, it's, it's horrific. It's the horrific. schools are, are per, houses of perversion in many cases. I can tell you what's being taught at Courtsville High School uh, and, and even AV yeah. and Lancaster. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's very sad. Really uh, at some point, they're going to allow transgenders to be teachers. Come on. Wow. Uh, you saw that guy, that video where the guy had like big balloons out here and was dressed as a woman. He's teaching some shop class at, at, its, at a college. It's going to get, see, this is a world that is lost without God. Yeah. And what happens is more perversion. That's it. We're on a, sleep, a slippery slope. And like we mention all the time here, these are moral issues. And somehow we've allowed <clears throat> them to, to, to wrap it up and say that it's just politic, politics and that we should stay out of it. But these are moral issues, you know, innocent life, hmm. sexuality. That's, that's, that's God's yep. area. And so we, um, I don't think we step away from politics. I, I don't think we should emphasize them no. to, to the, the degree that the main thing isn't the main thing. But I do believe that. If we don't speak to these issues, who's going to, who's going to how, how are our teens going to know what is right and what's yeah. wrong? How are we going to, you know, who is going to influence, you know, our families? And so I think God has given the platform that he's given here because of the boldness of the pulpit here to, to speak to these issues. I ran into it. I was at In-N-Out. What? Uh, we're on vacation, so I'm, I'm not fasting. I'm saying in and out. I've been there. <laughs> and this young man, I'm wearing my Jesus uh, Save shirt, and this young man comes up to me, and we start a conversation, and and I tell him, you know, I'm over at West Side, and he said, "Oh, you're Pastor Shane." I was like, yeah. He's like, man, God bless that man. He says the things that hmm. a lot of pastors are afraid to say, and I'm thankful for. I hear him on the radio all the time, and. And it's encouraging to me. And, and then I didn't tell you this, too. I was down in Pasadena when I was preaching for my friend down there who's planning a church. And there was a young lady who was who gotten baptized that day. And uh, she invited her co-worker there. And um, he was there. He heard me preach. He came to me afterwards. He said, hey, are you by chance, you know, the Abram that's down at Westside with, with Shane? I'm like, yeah. And uh, so he listens to you online. Oh, wow. And he says, I've been away from God, but I found Pastor Shane on the radio, on the, on the internet, 
And my friend who's in Pennsylvania told me that he listens to him too. And I came today only because my coworker who got saved at this church invited me. And this is a sign. I'm going to come down. He said he's going to try to come down for one of the rent to heaven services. Wow. So that's pretty awesome. I, I, I under, I've, and we hear of emails from across the nation, you know, across the world, really, of people who are so grateful that there, there's a voice who, who's going to speak to these issues, okay? And so I just want to encourage you with that, Pastor. I was going to tell you that, but... <clears throat> so, no, and I, and I, I feel like God has put it on, on my heart and in many of your hearts, too. You got, I know I've seen you guys do this, too, is to encourage our pastor to come alongside of him and say, no, you... Don't hold back a word of what God has put into your heart to say, because the hour, how many guys, if the hour that we are in right now, right, if, if your house is on fire, right, you're not going to say, hey, guys, let's talk about, might want to think, <laughs> our house is on fire, y'all, y'all understand that? This nation is on fire, and, and there's got to be some watchmen who's going to cry aloud and spread out. Now, the gospel is the main message, but also yeah. we have to speak. Who's going to speak for these children who are, are being indoctrinated, who will go get surgeries at 12 and 13 when they can't even drive a motor vehicle mm-hmm. that they will not be able to have reversed? Who's going to speak to that? Who's going to step in? The, who's going to be in the God sought for a man who was standing the gap? Among them. And, and there was none among them. And I'm, I'm sad to say... It's, it, there, there's not enough of, of men like our pastor, but there are more rising up, and I'm, I'm thankful for yeah, it. And, you know, people need to know, I don't just like, ah, let me just get go off yeah. on a tangent. No. You know, the sermon's prayed over, yep. God's putting things in my heart, spending time with Him in prayer, and now the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the mouth speaks. Speak it. I mean, we've we got to start telling, telling the truth about Come things. Come on. I, I have told Abram, too, I could fix all of Kanye West's problems <laughs> and Trump's problems, right? I could fix all their issues. Right? You know, Kanye just got dumped. By he's Adidas, getting canceled, yeah. He's getting, just, mm-hmm. just switch to the Democratic Party. That's it. They will leave you alone. Mm-hmm. They That's will it. leave you alone. That's Am it. I not telling the truth? Yes. Hey, I'm Democrat now. He was, Trump was friends with Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. <laughs> yeah. oh, he was friends with Oprah. He was friends with all those people. All these. But you change now. You're fighting for biblical values. Now you're the enemy. Mm-hmm. Come on. We got to wake up. Come on. And not, and not drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, this one, last one. Just one more. This one's from Rob Keller. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Say your name. It's okay. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Robert, Rob, Rob remembers me back in the old days of that picture. Oh, yeah. Not being fun at parties and stuff, right? <laughs> 1980s, late 80s, 90s? Yes, oh, goodness. Three specific references. We don't have a Bible with this, so, but three specific references to entering heaven. So who is on the throne? Is Jesus on the throne, the Lord on the throne, the Father on the throne, and Jesus on the right hand? Mm. And um, again, when we, go about, when we talk about the Trinity, you see the the one, mm-hmm. the, the essence of God, God is one, but then you see he reveals himself in the three persons of the Godhead. And so they, the Bible will switch language. The Lord is on the throne. God is on the throne. But then Jesus does sit on the right hand, the right side, which isn't really the right side because God is a spirit, which is a, it's a, it's a, it's a an analogy of analogy. power and authority. That's Jesus sits on the power and the authority yeah. of God's right side. And so the Bible uses this language to help us understand Jesus's role and even the Trinity. So what is the positional relationship of the Trinity in heaven? While we're on the subject, what's your position on the relational relationship of the Trinity in general? So I think I explained the Trinity earlier. 
Um, and we can talk later too, if you have any, any questions, but uh, it's like Paul said, it is a mystery. So to me, I, I see in heaven, there's, there's the father, the Holy spirit, and Jesus is obviously there. So somehow this, this, this one God is one yet he reveals himself as father, son, and Holy spirit, yet three distinct persons of the Godhead. Yeah. And then if you start to say three manifestations of God, you're labeled oneness, Pentecostal modalism. So yeah. it's all, it's gotta be very careful in this, this language. And all we can do is what the Bible says. There's, there's God, but he reveals himself as father, son, and Holy, Holy spirit. spirit. So I see distinct roles in heaven. I, do I don't know if we're going to see God, the father face to face versus Jesus will be our our, our reference point in heaven. Yeah. And again, if I teach on heaven, you know, I would, we'll I would definitely teach that. on that. The Bible is clear. Um, God One is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is obviously spirit, but the word became flesh. Jesus is flesh. So I, I, this is what I've said, and I, I could be wrong, but I believe in heaven there's one throne. And I think on that throne is mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think God is the light of heaven. Yeah. He lights heaven. The Holy Spirit is, is a spirit. He's, he's also in heaven, but we're not going to see them in, in a physical format is what I believe. God's not a he's body not either. He's yeah. not. So it'll um, make a lot more sense. When we're there. It will. It will. <laughs> it will. Yeah. Cause I think there's only one throne in heaven. I don't, I just, yeah. Can't I make think, an hey, argument. There's God, the father, there's Jesus, <laughs> yeah, like, there's Holy Spirit. Where you know, do we work? Which way do we point to? Are they right? Yeah. Like, but, I don't know. Um, and then final question. Is there a deliverance ministry oh. practice at Westside Christian Fellowship? Number two, you were on Isaiah Saldivar's podcast. Have you considered inviting him to speak at Westside? And we do. We talk now and then. He's a busy guy, though. Yeah, um, special kind of guy. I like his ministry, honestly. <laughs> and uh, I did ask him um, if he'd ever want to speak. He said he gets a lot of requests. And it's hard you know, to nail down anything. So maybe I'll keep at it yeah. a little bit with him. Uh, it definitely would be probably a little bit different than what people are used to, but I think it it'd is. be really good. Um, but to answer the question, is there a deliverance ministry practice at Westside? Okay. I'm glad this came up because <laughs> in the last probably three years, one has developed and I didn't really, we didn't really develop it. We're like, you know, it's like, but it's like, you don't want to shoot people down. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to say, we don't do that here. You know, everybody's in, but so these people wanted to, you know, be part of a deliverance ministry, uh, solid believers, love the Lord. Yeah. They have prayer meetings. They pray for the church. And I've seen some amazing fruit. fruit yeah. Um, but I get, a, you know, I, I, I don't know if, um, biblically speaking, it, you don't have a deliverance ministry. Uh, now, is it a bad thing? No. Uh, probably a good thing to get some like-minded believers that know what they're doing, have dealt with the demonic realm. And that is one good point because you take somebody, maybe many of you, you, you would know what to do mm. if somebody was manifesting. Yeah. And um, I've had people, I mean, at Grace Fest, I spoke at a Friday night prayer meeting six years ago. And this lady was like full blown. just full blown, like right to me on the grass. And I said, okay, let's just stop and pray for her because she's very disruptive. And then the prayer team went over, had her, held her, held her down on another lady that actually slid down the wall in the prayer room. I went to pray for her and she's just like, mm-hmm. get away. And she just backed out, walked down the hallway. And so we had some people talk with her. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know who your authority is in Christ being, you know, I don't have tons of experience. I've done it, you know, prayed to people, you know, quite a few times. Yeah. Um, lot, sometimes though, they aren't set free. And that's why I'm like, what's going on here? How much is, 
my prayer and how much is them willing and wanting? Because a lot, see, a lot of people want to hold on to their sin. Yeah. And that's why when somebody's finally delivered there, it's not pretty. They're, that wrestle, they give up and they, they just, and the demon is cast out. And so there are people who have said they're part of deliverance ministry here and we haven't corrected them uh, necessarily because it, there's, the fruit's been great. You know, if they want to get together, they, they know what they're doing. They can, they can spend time. They, sometimes they spend three, four, five hours with someone. Takes some some, and then I read in scripture though Jesus did it. So I'm like, wait a minute, what? what? But he's Jesus. But he's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but sometimes there's a battling, yeah. there's a praying. The person doesn't want to. Yeah. They're fighting. The throwing up is very normal. Um, I remember in the office in Lancaster where we have an office. There's a lady. Just I walked in. And I'm like, these women are with her. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll do. I'll I'll work in a different office because yeah. she's just like just. And, and she was set free. And her, the, her continence, she looked like a whole new person. So I've seen it. It's, it's really real. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting, too, um, because um, I don't think, and what happens if your deliverance team, deliverance ministry, if you're not careful, those people can get elevated, you know, kind of prideful. And we're part of the, we're, we're Navy SEALs, you know, SEAL Team 6. <laughs> we're, we're the missions team, or the deliverance, let us handle it. You know, mm-hmm. somebody having a problem on the usher, on the, on the, on the stage, hey, watch out, let, let, let me handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm part of the deliverance team. Only I can do this. So that's the danger you have. Um, so off the, we would, I would say, no, we don't have a deliverance team as a church. Mm-hmm. However, there are people gifted in this area who do meet and they feel like they are they are a deliverance team, so we don't say, no, you can't use that term. Mm. Uh, but I have talked to him about, let's just be careful in the terminology, because, yeah. you know, I don't know if we you know, need to go that route of having a deliverance team. Um, but can you imagine having five solid, they're all women, actually, five solid women, I mean, one, one, maybe one or two guys, that will meet with somebody for a couple hours and pray over them and cover them and see yeah. amazing fruit? Amazing results. That's pretty cool. Some of you have probably been through it. Mm. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's amazing. So we don't say we have a deliverance team because we believe all spirit-filled believers, full of the Holy Ghost, can, can, can take authority over the demonic realm. However, we're not going to, you know, squash. stifle yeah. it and squash it yeah. and, and uh, shut people down if they want to be, you know, involved in that type of ministry, if that makes sense. Let's see. Are we done? No more questions. You ready to do this again tomorrow? Oh, I do have to. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, let's see. Right oh, six. What? Ten more questions came in. Ooh. Holy. Smoke, part two. Part two, Pastor. This, yeah, this we'll still is... I just see if there's anything important. Yes, the Q and A will be live streamed. Um. Yeah, I'll probably have to get to some of these. Um. Is it Faustin? Faustin, I pronounce that right. Yes, I love your heart. Great. Uh, he had some questions I think I answered. What is your view on evolution and how old would you say the earth is? Um, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in evolution at all. I, I take the creation story literally, obviously. And me and Abram actually might differ on this one. I'm kind of, you know, I'm open, but I would just reading Genesis, I would lean towards young earth that, you know, I, it's a yom, a day is a literal day, night and day. Night and day, night and day. So I have literal earth. Now, they have the gap theory in Genesis 1, Genesis 2, that the Spirit of God was hovering, and people say that could be billions of years before God created. Okay, maybe, you know, maybe, but I just the, the creation story as I read it, that's why on the seventh day God rested. He gave us the Sabbath as a model for us to follow. I personally am 
young earth. I believe in the 6,000 year uh, uh, earth, yeah. or, or yeah. age of the earth based on scripture. You can't trust carbon dating. They say, well, look how old the earth looks. Well, look how old Adam he looks was, when he was a second old. He, was probably he looked 30, 30 yeah. when he was a second old. Yeah. God created him. Uh, and then the way they measure the expanding of the universe and the light years and see it, it just shows it has to, not necessarily. How do you know you're measuring light correctly in mm. a universe that you can't even comprehend? Oh. And so I just have a lot of questions on those things. So yeah. that's where I would lean. I lean towards the older. Older. Um, the but you don't think theory. it's a thousand years in creation? I don't think it's a thousand years in creation in that sense. I do believe that when the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth, that it was here. And I do believe that this was, and I don't know if I can prove this scripturally, that this was where Satan was cast down to in the demonic, uh, some of the demons yeah. with him. So I, I, we don't know exactly when that took place, you know? In, in the scheme of history. And when did time start? That's the, the thing, too. Te- technically, the universe could be billions of years based on Genesis That's 1 and 2. Yeah. God didn't initiate time until creation. And then I see creation as the seven-day model mm-hmm. outlined in, in Scripture. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.